Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another crypto current for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. back cryptocrats we are bringing you this week's episode of cryptocurrents all things current events revolving around cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and occasionally elon musk and occasionally crypto Corey's uh rants about politicians so without further ado welcome crypto Corey. hey that w- that intro was all all over the place it was. I, you got to keep it fresh. It's what I try. It's what our, our eight listeners have come to expect from our uh, our podcast. All over the place. All yeah. over the place. Yeah. We, we even physically we have moved offices once, or studios, I should say, not offices. We've moved our studio once. So if we can call this a, a studio. Except we get kicked out whenever my uh, in-laws uh, come over because this is the room that they that they stay in. Yep. Um, it's a it's a good time. It's a good time. That's why people love us. That's why we have so many listeners. All right. Well, we've got some interesting stories today. Um, starting, I, I we've mentioned him before, Kevin O'Leary, Mister Wonderful, Mister Wonderful. Not as much as. Mark Cuban and not as much as Elon Musk. No, but so uh, Mr. Wonderful, you know, uh, Kevin, Kevin O'Leary, AKA Mr. Wonderful. He's uh, on Shark Tank. He's on Shark Tank. That's his claim to fame. Well, that and being uh, a billionaire. Yeah. I don't think he's a billionaire. Is he not? No, I think he's like in the 400 millions, but it's, it's a lot of money. Um, But you know, I don't know if he's ever disclosed how much he owns, but if you like Google him, say how much is he worth? I think it's, it's it's in the hundreds of millions, but uh, he actually is my favorite uh, shark off of off of Shark Tank. A lot of people don't like him because he's kind of uh, they they think he's blunt or maybe a little bit harsh. But I I like him because he'll he won't uh, he won't tell people things that will lead them astray. You know, like if you have a bad idea, he'll just come out and say, "I think that's a bad idea and that it won't work." And and I appreciate people who can be uh, honest and. Um, you know, he's one of my, one of my favorite sharks, uh, uh, more so than, than Mark Cuban. And, but we haven't talked about him much on this, on this show, but he's, he's big into cryptocurrency. He is. He was, it was a paid spokesman for a very famous for, exchange. Yes. Uh, some initials that we've uh, all heard of big uh, news recently. Yeah. It begins with a F and ends with a X, X. Uh, FTX. He probably lost a, a a fair amount of money in in that one because I think he had his, uh, some assets on on the exchange. I'm sure he did. Basically, he tried to to back up that point. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, he tried to rescue FTX before they went under. He tried to get yeah. Some, he he turned around from from being investors a, a paid spokesperson to actually trying to to buy uh, FTX, and uh, he. Uh, allegedly had uh, some investors on the line that that could put in the the uh, six to eight billion dollars. He didn't know uh, how much it was. So he got on the phone with uh, uh, SBF Sam Bankman Fried, 
and uh, found out that it was actually $8 billion and had some investors that were going to come in. Um, he claimed that the assets, the total assets of FTX were in the neighborhood of $32 billion. So he thought it would be a screaming deal to be able to pick it up for $8 billion. Um, and uh, But once it started, the news started breaking that there was probably going to be uh, an investigation into the, the whole thing. Uh, the money dried up and he was unable to to swing uh, bailing it out. Um, I can imagine he probably had a, a, a personal stake in the company uh, because I'm sure he had assets uh, on the FTX exchange. So it would probably be a win-win for him to bring in other people's money and, and try to take it over. Whether or not with $8 billion, he actually could have made it solvent, I, I honestly don't know. Um, he thinks that if he would have got about $4 billion in there, it would have shown enough faith that other people would have not pulled their assets out, which is really what caused the whole thing to collapse. Um, a, a bank or a, an exchange can continue to operate the way that uh, SBF was operating it as long as everyone doesn't try to get their money all out at once. Um, as soon as they try to pull all their money out and there's not enough money there, then then the the, the bank or the exchange goes uh, insolvent. So they basically had to run on the bank, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't meet uh, the withdrawals, and they uh, filed Chapter Eleven, and everything completely collapsed. And I doubt it, there's anything left to get um, after those quote unquote hackers went in and drained all the wallets from the cryptocurrency. There is probably literally nothing left in FTX. So I don't know, um, you know, if the regulators ever seize control of it, uh, you know, what they'll be able to salvage. But I thought it was interesting that uh, Kevin O'Leary, he's still bullish on cryptocurrency. Uh, he still thinks uh, SBF is a, a genius savant. He went so far as to say that he'd actually back him in another endeavor. Um, I think that's foolish talk. To be honest, uh, I'm a little disappointed in Mr. Wonderful um, because I think it's apparent that SBF is a fraud and a little bit of a crook. And obviously, he's not a savant because his investments were horrible uh, through Alameda Research and just out of control. And they lost eight billion dollars. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't call anyone who loses eight billion dollars of money that they stole basically um, a a genius or a savant. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch SBF with a 10 foot pole and personally think he probably belongs behind bars. Um, but it it will remain to be seen what, what happens to him. But I just thought it was an interesting story. Um, because I do like Kevin O'Leary. Um, he, he is one, you know, again, one of my favorite sharks and, and I enjoy watching him on shark tank and, and listening to him, uh, talk on on different uh, interviews where I've seen him interviewed. He's actually a guitar player. Uh, really? Yeah, very very good guitar player. Uh, Are we talking like acoustic or electric? Uh, both. Okay. He, he plays both, and uh, you know, pre- pretty talented at it. And it's kind of fun to see, you know, an old guy like him uh, just break out the guitar and just start playing. I had a university professor, very same thing, just break out the guitar. Yeah, he collected guitars and houses, so um, pretty well off. He was, an, he was a cool guy. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting how it, it kind of, I don't know, very interesting that he said he would still back him, even though most people believe, uh, including, I, I'm guessing, the the DOJ, the Department of Justice, the SEC, they're all doing investigations, if I read that correctly. But yeah, I... I don't know how much of it uh, he really b- believes or how much of it w- it was to save face because he had spent a lot of time endorsing FTX, talking about SBF. 
and uh, talking about how safe FTX was. Um, so, I mean, he pretty much had his reputation tied up with FTX. So I, it's, it's a, I think it's a blow to him uh, personally um, to, to have been associated with them. Although I don't think it's his fault that uh, SBF drained uh, FTX of $8 billion and, uh, you know, in, in a shady um, uh, loan to uh, Alameda Research using uh, the FTT token as as collateral. Um, but, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't be out there. I'd be out there saying, hey, this guy's crazy. And um, you'd think you'd want to distance yourself. Uh, you'd want to distance yourself. But, you know, that's yeah, well, that's I'm, the way you, he's playing it. When you're so. worth $400 million, maybe you can, he can do what he wants. Down. He said he's going to take his money and put it in uh, Canadian exchanges because he says that they're regulated, which is uh, which is an interesting take from him. So mm. we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to cover Canadian exchanges at some point. Yeah, we will, eh? Um, Crypto and maple syrup. Yep. Canadian I bacon. believe Canada was the the first team to actually get eliminated from the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, or they? one of the first teams. Oh, it's too cold up there to play to play soccer. Yeah. If it was hockey, I mean they're in Qatar they, right now. Qatar's pretty warm. They they would uh, dominate if it was hockey. Yeah, the World Cup of hockey. Um, all right. Well, let's transition to our second story. Um, another shark from Shark Tank, Mark yeah, Cuban. Mark we've, Cuban. We've mentioned him like twice, all the time, all the time, and already twice today, or on this episode. So he again, he's talking about FTX. He's saying that he's still investing in crypto because he believes the FTX implosion, it wasn't a crypto blow up. It was more of a banking issue than it was uh, a crypto thing. So kind of interesting. Um, we have two sharks that are both still, they still believe in crypto. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, it's not crypto specific. It's, it's the exchange. Uh, the, the fraud that took place was not in the crypto uh, world itself i mean no nothing shady happened with bitcoin or ethereum or dogecoin or uh, any of the uh, coins on the ftx exchange what happened was is uh, uh, a spoiled kid named sbf uh, basically stole eight billion dollars from the exchange and lost it uh, gambling on on companies and investments and that's that's the the, the fraud and, and the uh, the criminal activity that took place. It was uh, had nothing to do with crypto itself. Crypto was the means to which he was able to get his hands on the cash. And when he took the cash, um, that's you know that's where the the bad uh, stuff happened. So um, you know, just like if if a bank in the United States collapses, that doesn't mean that U.S. dollar is is finished. It just means that that bank became insolvent. And the same is true for FTX. It doesn't mean that that crypto is is without value. It just means that FTX was insolvent; they couldn't meet their ob- obligations. And so, I think Mark Cuban's take is is exactly correct. Um, he uh, he's going to continue to invest in in crypto, and uh, so is uh, so is Crypto Corey. Yeah, and I, and I think it's interesting. Uh, this article quotes Aventus Venture CEO Kevin Hobbs. He's saying that the crypto companies that are heavily invested in by bankers are the ones that have caused the largest blowups. So it does kind of seem like there's a a correlation there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like throwing out the, don't throw out the, the baby with the bathwater, right? Yeah. And I, 
and I think you're going to see a, a case uh, rise for um, decentralized exchanges, DeFi, um, because you can automate a lot of this stuff and you can remove uh, the human hands out of it. Now, where DeFi is immature is that in the code itself, there have been a lot of exploits and there have been a lot of uh, DeFi exchanges that have been that have been drained of their of their pools of of crypto. Um, so uh, you know, and, until DeFi the DeFi space gets a little little tighter and we have a lot longer run with uh, some of these DeFi exchanges without any uh, hacking activities. Um, you know, I, I think people might be a little bit afraid to to either put money uh, into the pool, or excuse me, put crypto into the into the DeFi pools, or, or use the exchanges. Um, but me personally, I, I think DeFi is uh, that's a a valid case for DeFi because it removes the human element from it. It just it just becomes code at that point, and it it runs automatically. And um, but but the 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 problem is is that you still have to solve the fiat on-ramp and off-ramp. You have to figure out a way to get uh, US dollars or any dollars or any currency uh, into an exchange for uh, cryptocurrency. And that's and that's really where the case for the exchange comes in, uh, whether you're using Coinbase or Crypto.com or even uh, FTX. Um, you know, you can send them your, your, your US dollars or your Canadian dollars or your British pounds and have it uh, converted to the cryptocurrency of your choice. Um, and then you can do, you know, whatever trading you want. And then, then we want to cash out, you, you get your fiat money back. So we still have that problem to solve. But as soon as you get your fiat into cryptocurrency, I would advise you to take it off the exchange, unless you're actively uh, doing a trade, store it in your own uh, personal wallet, um, and then use DeFi. And then when you're done, uh, you know, convert back to uh, fiat and take it off the exchange immediately. Uh, you know, as for me, I think I've got like $700 on the exchange and everything else is, uh, in, in my own wallet. I, I self custody, which is a smart move. Um, I like how the article ends, um, with a quote from Mark Cuban. He says, I've said from day one, the value of a token is derived from the applications that run on its platform and the utility they create, which I think is something we've kind of talked about from the beginning almost. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the blockchain and the, and the value proposition, not just the that that makes it work. Yeah, I we think I, we'll, we'll I think be the it'll, reason that it sticks it will, around. Yeah, I think it will eventually boil down to Metcalf's law. This is a variation of Metcalf's law. And Metcalf's law basically says that a network is equal to some derivative number times the square of the of the active users, uh, basically, or the active nodes or the the active wallets. Um, and so there there is a there is a correlation. So as a network grows, it grows exponentially. Uh, if you're going to take the square of its users or wallets or or applications, and then there is some derivative number. Um, and how you calculate that, I have I have no idea. That you can multiply in there and figure out the value of a network. And I think Metcalf's laws has been uh, somewhat proven over time as it's been applied to different uh, industries. Uh, and there are, are people who have attempted to apply it to things like Facebook. Um, you could uh, apply it to Twitter. Um, I don't know if you'd come up with a $44 billion price tag, uh, you know, uh, for what Elon Musk paid for it. But, um, but you can also apply it to blockchain 
and the and the cryptocurrency on on that blockchain. So so I think Mark Cuban is right. I think logically, if you think about it, um, you know the 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 value of the of the applications themselves and the business that's done or or the services that are provided on the blockchain um, have to have some sort of of value, um, and that will translate um, to the to the native token on that on that uh, blockchain. All right. Well, let's hop on a plane now and fly to the country of Oman, which is pretty close to Qatar, right? Yeah, not that far. Yeah, not too far away. You could probably drive. Um, They've got something going on. So Oman is, I almost said Qatar, Oman is to incorporate real estate tokenization in virtual assets regulatory framework. So this sounds like the metaverse to me. Is that correct? Uh, no, not exactly. I mean, this is real, uh, real estate. So this okay, is okay. So they're tokenizing, yeah, physical land. Yeah, physical real estate. Real estate. So they're going to tokenize it on a blockchain. So this is not virtual metaverse real estate. No. So, um, well, it it will become a virtual asset uh, in and of itself when you tokenize it, but it will represent a real asset, the 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 real uh, estate, and, um. I, I think I, I included this one in because you know we've had crypto's been on a on a downswing. There's been a lot of uh, of uh, fud, fear, uncertain, uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt um, around around crypto. And so I thought that I would include this one to to show that um, you know blockchain still has its utility. And we kind of we kind of always when we think of blockchain, we just think of cryptocurrency and we forget that the blockchain is actually this uh, database, this ability to store information that cannot be manipulated. That is um, Im- in in immutable. I can't say that word, um, meaning that it can't be changed. And if it is changed, then you instantly know uh, which block uh, broke the, the blockchain. And um, I have contended from, from the beginning, if you go back and listen to, to many of our podcasts, that one of the. Uh, a perfect example is to store title uh, to property on on the blockchain, and that I would expect that many governments would move to a some sort of tokenized uh, uh, real estate uh, uh, registration or ownership uh, registry. And so you're seeing that now in in Oman, um, and I think that it will it will continue to grow in in other countries as well. So uh, again, crypto is not dead. Blockchain is not dead. Uh, far from it it's still in its infancy and we're going to be surprised in the future what we see blockchain and cryptocurrency uh, applied to and i think that about covers it yeah for this episode a lot of interesting stuff um yeah if you don't remember do your own research. I feel like we haven't mentioned that in a long time. Yeah, we haven't because we haven't really talked about any cryptocurrencies that we're That's true. investing in. Other than, but we're, but we're talking about cryptocurrency in general. Saying yeah, it's a good, I think it's, it's a good, still good to do your own research. Yeah, I think it's good to plug that in there every once in a while, if not for our listeners, for myself. Um, but yeah, do your own research and stay cryptic. Mm-hmm.